0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken
1: sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Recruiting never stops, especially for Georgia football. Welcome to the podcast that covers Georgia football recruiting from all angles and spotlights the legends of tomorrow. It's the Recruiting Bulldog Update, the RBU Podcast with Sony. Nauta goes in motion left, snap it to Michelle, he's running to the left, angling, 25-20, got a block from Brown. 50, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Don't win it, we're headed to Atlanta.
0: We hand it off to Herschel, there's a hole, 5, 10, 12, he's running over people, oh you Herschel Walker. Gurley, 5 yards deep, and Todd will bring this one out, and there he goes, 1 block and it might be over, Todd
1: Gurley. Coach. can he make it yes he can. hi everybody welcome to episode eight of the rbu podcast the recruiting bulldog update i'm your host blaine gilmer and we are excited to be bringing you a, another episode of solely georgia football recruiting content this is the only show weekend and week out that you're gonna find only podcast that covers only Georgia football recruiting, and brings it to you each and every week. And I say we because I've got my co-host here, Mr. Jeremy Johnson of the Athens Banner Herald. Jeremy, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm good. How you doing? Good. Good to be on with you.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. So this is week three now. I think we're kind of settling in a little bit, finding our groove here, me and you, uh, co-hosting together. So looking forward to a good, good episode here.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: As we do, uh, to kind of start off with each and every week, we're going to hit some quick news and notes. Uh, Jeremy, been pretty active for Georgia Bulldogs in terms of some offers going out to 2023, guys. Of course, uh, there's official visits starting to line up, but let's hit those offers first real quick. A couple big ones in terms of highly coveted guys. 2023 five-star offensive guard Alex Birchmeyer out of, ashburn virginia six foot five 275 pounds you know haven't guard hasn't been a really big position of need maybe uh in this class they've been focusing more on tackles and stuff like that they kind of got a few but uh guard's gonna thin out i think after this year so you know an emphasis on the guard position going into that 2023 class what do you think
0: absolutely um unless you have a plan that you're going to cross train a lot of those guys that you're bringing in at tackle but yeah, I definitely see that there will be some heavy guys that they're going after in the twenty twenty three class at guard because like you said, it will start to thin out.
1: Georgia has a lot of offensive tackles right now. Yeah. Some somebody's got to go to guard at some point, you would think. So Absolutely. Another twenty twenty three offer four star Nichols Harbor, six foot four two twenty, but runs a ten three eight in the hundred meter dash. That fame a ten three eight at six four two twenty out of washington that's,
0: that's that is scary
1: <laughs> it's moving man it's moving yeah. i mean think about that that that's talking about like isaiah bond in the 2022 class out of buford he's running a 10-5 and he's a he's a wide receiver like a, a speed demon this kid's running a 10-3-8 uh 100 meter nichols harbor out of washington dc there might be a reason that as soon as he posted his uh Offer on Twitter, Kirby Smart immediately liked and retweeted that. That doesn't happen a lot of times. That tells you maybe a little something special about Nichols Harbor.
0: <laughs> they say you want to play football in the SEC, huh?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So 2023, uh, that was he was an athlete. He plays receiver, at linebacker, defensive end. Also 2023 prospect, four star dual-threat quarterback Marcel Reed out of Nashville, Tennessee. You said you uh, got to see him a little bit in a camp earlier this year, came down maybe with another Tennessee guy we're going to be talking about here soon.
0: Yes, uh, saw a little bit of him. Um, didn't really pay much attention to him. I didn't know who he was at the time. You know, you get to these camps, and, you know, you don't really have uh, ability to tell who these guys are, but, you know, we were talking a little bit off camera and kind of watching him a little bit, man. It's – he – the first thing that struck me is that he's coming from shot uh, not from shotgun he's coming from under center I thought that was really interesting and you know he seems to be able to handle that really well his feet are good got a strong arm it looks like that was that looked effortless and he hit the guy right on the money so um yeah I can see why you know everybody's starting to chase this guy so
1: absolutely you know in terms of quarterbacks guys that Todd Munkin, you know, mobility is definitely a big thing. I think that was one of the reasons that JT Daniels, they waited so long to to get to play him. He was medically cleared maybe around that Florida game and stuff like that last year, but that mobility, they just didn't feel like it was there, and I think he's just finally getting to see that. Well, when it comes to mobility, Marcel Reed has that and then some i mean the the touchdown run you just saw if you're watching on the youtube feed right here off his huddle i mean that that, what he can do with his legs and then of course has plenty strong enough arm agility able to take it the distance right there so uh marcel reed definitely a 2023 quarterback that we want to keep our eyes on and then finally the one of the biggest offers i wanted to talk about was a 2022 offer to three-star kai stokes he's an athlete receiver and defensive back out of Sefner, Florida, six foot two, one hundred eighty-five pounds. You and I talked before. Any time a twenty twenty-two is getting offered at this point in the class, you got to take it seriously. It's somebody that Georgia's honed in on. Somebody that they've discovered. Hey, there's something to this kid. We need to get in on his recruitment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You don't. By this point, you you're halfway through. You know, with the guys you're going to bring in, so. The fact that you're still, you know, putting fillers out tells me that, like you said, you know, they've they've kind of seen something in this kid that they feel like can come in and help their program. So, and you know, that's it's 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 really interesting because you know he was offered by Jamil die and the fact that um, Georgia has so many safeties that is there and and defensive backs that are considering them at this point. So it makes me wonder, you know, have they kind of quieted on some of the other guys, or you know, if if, um, you know, this guy's is just somebody that they have made a priority just because of, you know, what he did in the 2020 season or over during the camps,
1: during camp season. And this show releases every Monday, but we're recording this right now on uh, Thursday, April 22nd. I do find it interesting that today, uh, the earliest commit for Georgia in the 2022 class, Marquise Groves Killerbrew announced that he's going to be taking an official visit to Michigan. Uh, not a not a deal breaker, not not nothing that's you know earth shattering, but the fact that he's been committed to Georgia for so long and still going to take that uh, official visit up to the big house. Maybe not something that everybody at, in Athens in the Buttsmere Building would be a hundred percent keen on, but you know you never know. So with with stuff like that, so you can see why Georgia may be offering some guys, especially like a like a Kai Stokes, who's kind of a late bloomer in this class. And you got gotta remember too, with on-campus recruiting and camps and all this stuff haven't been shut down, a lot of these guys are going to jump up boards because they're going to be able to make make the rounds to these campuses and uh, they're going to kind of stand out with their physical talents in person, aren't, don't you think?
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you haven't seen a kid in two years, well, you and I both know that, you know, you you stop watching one of these kids for a year and then you come back the next year and you can barely recognize them because of the way high school weight rooms are built here in Georgia that you know these kids transform really quickly and you know they can go from being a, a good player to a great player just like like that with one great summer and you know they're kids so they're still growing and developing so yeah you want to you want to be able to see them physically and watch them develop over time uh as much as you can in person especially if you're um a team that got in on a guy early on in their, in their high school
1: career. 100%. So those are the recent offers for the University of Georgia. Again, I'm Blaine Gilmer, a writer, contributor uh, for Bulldog Illustrated out of Athens, and Jeremy Johnson is a recruiting writer, a uh, contributor to Athens, the Athens Banner Herald. Uh, and this show each and every week, you can catch it over on the Bulldog Illustrated YouTube channel, uh, go to bulldog Illustrated.com, B-U-L-L-D-A-W-G-Illustrated.com to catch my articles every day. OnlineAthens.com uh, to catch Jeremy's stuff each and every day. Okay, Jeremy, now there are some visits coming up as well as that, that we mentioned. Uh, Six-foot-eight, 350-pound Jacob Hood from Nashville, Tennessee announced that he's going to be coming on his uh, official visit on June 11th through 13th really a offensive lineman that I think is, you know, he's only ready to three-star right now, but I see that jumping up quite a bit with the, just the ability he has to move and bend at that size. And I think, you know, you've seen him in person, seen him move. Uh, What do you think about Jacob Hood?
0: I think you're, you know, absolutely right when you say, you know, he's, you know, when I went and looked at him, when I first saw him at the camp, I walked out there and I was like, who's that? And it wasn't just because he was the biggest guy out there, but, you know, I was like, wow, this guy's first for a guy as big as he is, he moves well. And, you know, most of the times you, you see guys that big and you automatically want to say, let's stick him at guard. But, you know, look at a guy like Amirius Mims, who, you know, he's freakishly big and then he's athletic also. You know, Jacob Hood is not far off of that trajectory in my book. Um, he may not be as twitchy. He may not be as quick in the past sets, but, you know, He's not just somebody going to just write off as a guard at the next level because he's just because he's so big he can move and he and he can bend and um yeah I mean he's perfect right tackle candidate um, if you're if you're Kirby Smart in Georgia
1: absolutely so very interesting that 2022 prospect offensive line prospect massive six foot eight three hundred 350 pounds Jacob Hood coming to visit June 11th through 13th on an official. Of course, there's a trio of 2023 players out of the Sunshine State in Brandon Ennis, Richard Young, and Derrick LeBlanc, all ranked number one by different services, number one at their position in the class. Brandon Ennis is a monster receiver, uh, you know, that went to University of High School where Kenny McIntosh is from. Uh, Richard Young is just looks like – he could be a nfl first round running back like this year when you have those three guys coming in on the same day jeremy what's that kind of tell you for for university of georgia bringing those bringing those guys in all ranked number one at their position at the same time
0: it tells me they those guys are a priority as they should be you know, that, that's that's the type of trio that can anchor your class if you can get all three of them and give them to build some chemistry together and like like we said last week man if you you get these guys on campus together. They build that magic together, and that can carry you um, for a couple of years once they get on campus too. So
1: so Richard Young, Brandon Ennis, they grew up playing ball together. There was another player that they grew up playing with, and his name is Trayon Webb. And he, he was formally committed to the University of Georgia. Uh, he's going to be making his, as we joked about the prodigal son, returns to Athens here on uh, June 15th. You know, he's de- decommitted now considering some other – other schools, his options, but still very close to Todd Hartley. Todd Hartley kind of like a father figure for Treyon Webb. He started recruiting him very, very early on. And, you know, now with his uh, buddies Richard Young and Brandon Ennis coming up a couple of weeks before him, I'm sure they'll get to report back to him how the visit to Athens was. But, man, just overall exciting to see people, people being able to make visits, whether official or unofficial, you know?
0: Yeah, it definitely feels – the closest to normal that we've had in a while, um, you know, I know we played football in the fall, but, you know, there was always that thing in the background. Like, um, yeah, so now I'm glad these kids get to get on campus and, you know, see where they're – see what they're buying. Like, you know, I don't really think it was realistic to, to think that they were going to make a decision without seeing anything So in
1: person. Some of the class stuff from last year with uh, people making – Commitments without seeing too much. I feel like the transfer portal for the next couple of years, especially with this new rule uh, where you can get one free transfer, it's going to be absolutely nuts. Next, yeah, years. yeah,
0: and rightfully so. I mean, you know, you got a lot of guys going in places blind, and you know, you just kind of figure out when you get there.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. So now, the reason we're here today, the theme of this show, trends of building a championship team. So I got to looking at recruiting classes. And, you know, we got to, you and I got to talking like, you know, was it was it take to kind of get you over the hump, things like that? Well, I started looking back at the last three national champions uh, in Alabama in 2020, LSU in 2019 and Clemson in 2018 and seeing how did those teams kind of come together? What did the classes three, four years before they won their national championship look like in the roster buildups and saw some interesting trends. So we're going to get right on to that. But I did want to uh, remind you once again, you can, if you like what you're hearing here on the RBU podcast, you can find the podcast on anywhere you get your uh, audio podcast from, whether that's Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, PodChaser, wherever just search RBU or RBU podcast and you'll see the bulldog logo there up on it and uh, you can catch jeremy and i each and every monday putting out episodes on georgia football recruiting the only show that's going to cover solely georgia football recruiting each and every week and then also on the bulldog illustrated youtube channel uh you can catch my content i write a daily thread for bulldog illustrated each and every day over at bulldog illustrated bulldawg dot illustrated.com and jeremy writes for the athens banner herald covering not only Georgia recruiting, but recruiting around the Athens area uh, for different high schools, things like that. He covered the Prince Avenue State Championship uh, ring ceremony the other day, different kind of things. So uh, make sure to go catch Jeremy's content over there on onlineathens.com. Okay, so here's what we're here for, Jeremy. If you're watching along with us on the YouTube channel, you can see we're going to look into these past national champions and how the teams were built. So, first off, let's go to the 2018 Clemson team. This would be the 2018-2019 season where Trevor Lawrence, as a true freshman, came aboard, and they ended up winning the national championship. Now, Jeremy, I'll look back, and you and I, when I put this graphic up kind of pre-show and we were talking about you named one thing that you saw right off the bat about that 2015 class, and uh, what is that with that Clemson 2015 class?
0: There was a lot of players
1: in it. Absolutely. It was their biggest class uh, <laughs> by far for a long time. So, back yeah. in in the spring of 2018, before the fall season where Clemson would go on to win the national championship that year, they only signed 17 commits. However, in that class, Trevor Lawrence was, the, was part of it. And, uh, man, did he ever play a big role in that class. Of course, 2017, only 14 commitments, Jeremy. I mean, that is yeah. a minuscule number that speaks a lot to Dabo Sweeney's ability to retain talent on his roster and uh, kind of cultivate a good uh, culture there uh, for the most part um, I know's been some stuff over the summer but you know different things like that that, that that's for a different podcast not for us to talk about here <laughs> but then uh, yeah. in, in 2016 21 commits but 26 commitments in that 2015 class and some pretty good names on that list are they not Jeremy
0: absolutely that's a huge class and a lot of those guys played from the day they stepped on campus too and they were like they were cores and program leaders for a long time so you know i think that's a testament to how great that class was but then also the fact that they came in was such a big number those guys were solid depth and you know, they set a standard for a lot of these smaller classes that came um, later on because you, you know you look back and you look in 2017 you got a big veteran team and then by 2018 a lot of those guys are grown adults at that point so um another thing you kind of touched on was the 14 commits in 2017 i think that just kind of shows you that dabble Swing and that program also have a very high value in developing walk-ons and um supplementing their team that way as well you know they don't really rely solely on getting the five-star guys as much as you know, some of the other programs do
1: absolutely and they only had 14 commitments but listen to some of those 14 commitments t higgins hunter johnson aj Terrell, uh amari rogers travis etienne and chase bryce who by the way if they don't have chase bryce they don't win that national championship because they absolutely. would have lost to syracuse but um he's in clemson folklore forever now he went to Duke. Now he's the starting quarterback for Appalachian State this fall. So Chase Bryce making his third college stop out of Grayson High School. But, you know, not only 14 commitments, but just those five, five, six players I named right there, they don't miss, man. When they they get what whoever they get, they make the most of it. Like you said, they're they're finding ways to utilize that roster. So that d- during that era, Clemson, very resourceful 17, 14, 21 commits. But I go all the way back to Four classes from the year they won that national championship. They were they had the number nine class, which is really high for Clemson. Honestly, historically, they they don't get much much higher than that for Clemson. And then twenty six commitments, uh, a 24 nine eight twenty four seven sports composite score. Guys like Dion Kane, Mitch Hyatt, Christian Wilkins, Cleveland Farrell, Tanner Muse, Chad Smith, Albert Huggins, all these guys that would become household names. Um, just really that class that was basically it took them three, full years to get into college, to kind of mature into that national championship team and then sprinkle sprinkle that transcend, <laughs> transcendent quarterback talent and Trevor Lawrence in there, and you got a pretty good recipe. yeah,
0: I think this shows you that there's multiple ways to uh get it done because, as we're gonna see later on, uh, that some of these other programs got the quarterback first and then they build around it. Well Clemson did it the opposite way. It seems that they got everything else in place, and that allowed them to support that young, that as transcended as Trevor Lawrence is. He was a young quarterback when they won that championship. He was a freshman, so for that to happen, you see all that the cupboards were full of guys that were talented and they were veterans by the time Trevor got there.
1: Okay, so now let's get into the 2019 national champions. The so this would be the 2019 2020 season national champions were the lsu tigers georgia fans are all too familiar with that team because they end up meeting them in the sec championship but lsu won the national championship that year and looking back on if you're watching along on youtube you see the last four classes from that season dating back for the lsu tigers they had a number five class with 25 commits in 2019 number 15 class with 22 22 commits in 2018, number seven ranked class with 24 commits in 2017. And then again, the biggest class that they had and the highest ranked class that they had going back four classes from the year they won the national championship was the number two class with 27 commits, 295.03, 24-7 sports composite score. That was the 2016 class for the lsu tigers had christian fulton in it Richard lawrence michael divinity cameron lewis eric monroe stephen sullivan and then we mentioned clemson jeremy picked up that transcendent transcendent quarterback right there be, right before they won the national championship lsu does the same thing in joe burrow so kind of just blows my mind how similar the builds are of those two teams how they they kind of get really good a couple uh, really big class another solid class behind it and then pick up the quarterback late
0: yeah absolutely and you know you look at those names and the 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 sheer size of the classes for the 2016 2017 that's you know we just talked about depth and we talked about developing players and we talked about having that all that in place before you worry about who your quarterback is because. You know, quarterback is the final piece, but he's not the only piece for, for those out there that think quarterbacks change everybody's fortune. But, you know, um, I think Joe Burrow walked into a good situation with these, with, you know, all these names, all these guys are NFL guys. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, think LSU did it right. I, I was kind of surprised that, you know, looking at the ranking numbers, you know, how they only had... Uh, two they had two top five classes, but the other two were fifteenth and seventh. You know those are great numbers, but you know you would expect higher uh, recruiting classes for uh, a national championship program or a national championship team. But I think I think they did a good job of you know, finding depth and getting the best out of these guys once they got on campus.
1: Absolutely, and if you look at the year before they won the national championship, similar to Clemson, Clemson had a number sixteen ranked class and only signed fourteen players. LSU had a 15-ranked class and signed 22 players that year, Joe Burrow being one of them as a transfer, but they also brought in Jamar Chase that year, uh, and then, of course, Justin Jefferson the year before. So they they loaded up – tell me if this formula sounds familiar. They loaded up on receivers in previous classes and then went and got their quarterback. Does that sound like any team that – you cover on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then one more one more team we want to look at here, that would be the 2020 last year's national champions, so the 2020-2021 season, the Alabama Crimson Tide and their previous four recruiting classes. Look at that. If you're on if you're on YouTube right now, look at the number 1 class in the country in 2017 which was four classes removed from when they won the the national championship in this 2020-2021 season, which is the same as Clemson uh, in 2018, the same as LSU in 2019. They had the number one ranked class Alabama did with 29 commits. Jeremy.
0: Yeah, that's, that's gigantic.
1: Commits in a class.
0: That's gigantic, and it's a, it's a program-changing class. <laughs> I mean, just look at those names, and – you know, one thing I have to, you know, comment and applaud about that class is that they weren't afraid to double up on guys. You know, you go out and recruit Jerry Judy. Okay, but then you go out and get Devontae Smith and Henry Ruggs while getting Alex Leatherwood, Le- Leatherwood, Leatherwood, while also bringing in Jerry Willis, like Wills, Um, excuse me. But, you know, just going out and finding guys that you have planned for and you bring in two quarterbacks. I mean, you got a five-star to a talking about a little, and Mac Jones, you know, he wasn't a slouch recruit. He was a four-star himself. So um one of those guys knew they were going to sit and develop. And, you know, it pays off. You got a championship in Tua's freshman year and then you got another one this year. So that that class is, that may go down as one of the best classes that they've had if not already
1: so yeah. Yeah, maybe the it may be the best recruiting class in in, in history. Uh in history. competing <laughs> competing with the Alabama's class in 2021, which isn't even on this uh, board. Uh, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, they had a twenty a three twenty-three point eight seven composite score from twenty-four seven sports. Listen to the names in that class. Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, like you said, Dylan Moses was in there, Jerry Judy, LeBron Ray. Tua to Tungvaloa, Jedrick Wills, Xavier McKinney, who's from Roswell, Georgia, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Mac Jones. You know, you got two Heisman finalists uh, from the, the championship season, Mac Jones, Devonte Smith, those kind of guys are just unbelievable. You know, De- Devonta Smith, uh, people are knocking him at being 166 pounds going into the NFL. I think that's the craziest thing ever. If anybody saw that guy play football uh, the last two seasons, just unbelievable what he was able to do. But the point of this for this podcast is a lot of those players matured into the guys that put Alabama over the top in this 2020, especially like a Mac Jones waited his turn, ended up uh, getting to getting to be the the starter after Tua uh, went down, you know, even got to play in the iron bowl the year previous uh, people were questioned, didn't think he would, you know, be able to be able to play, right away thought Bryce Young might end up coming in as a true freshman that year and and starting but Mac jo- Jones holds him off and of course DeVonta Smith wins the Heisman and Alabama wins the national championship but you can see again four classes before they win that national championship it's just one of their best classes ever and I think that is a trend that keeps up here in if you're looking at it here's the 2021 georgia bulldogs who have national championship aspirations they make no excuses about it that is the goal they they are taking on that that burden they they want that kind of pressure is what kirby smart says it's it's a pressure is a privilege kirby says and there's that 2018 georgia class so a year after alabama has the number one class and has a 323 composite score with 29 commits Georgia has a three twenty three composite score with twenty six two minutes. That may be even more impressive, Jeremy, because Absolutely. they're short and have an equal composite score. Listen to some of the guys; these are impact players, of course. As Jeremy told me before the the show, I'm missing a quarterback off that twenty eighteen class who's you know ended up going to Ohio State and is now getting prepared for the draft. But we're just talking about the impact guys in that class who are who are still around. Zamir White. Jamari Sawyer, Adam Anderson, James Cook, Quay Walker, Warren Erickson, Chris Smith, John Fitzpatrick, Jordan Davis, Jake Camarta, Channing Tindall. All those guys are now the the standard bearers for this Georgia program. And, you know, when you got guys that impactful in one class and they hang around and mature, had guys like Zamir White, James Cook come back when they could have went pro. Jamari Sawyer came back when he could have went pro. Certainly... If the trend holds true, oh, and by the way, adding a transcendent quarterback in the 2020 class with a transfer of JT Daniels, if the trend holds true, it would certainly seem that Georgia is setting themselves up for a special year this year.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, and as we as we've hammered, you know that for that for that class four years ago, letting them mature and having them go through some things and you know be the guys that carry the torch. If you look look the trend, and you you see you see you see this you got to be excited as a as someone who watches georgia and you know i'm not even just going to focus on that 2018 class but the 2019 class that's an old class even though they're only most of those guys are sophomores or juniors at this point i guess um but a lot of those guys have played a lot of football since they stepped on campus at georgia so they're a lot there's a lot of influence in that 2019 class as well so you know combine those two classes together you almost have to combine them because You know, they've all played a lot of football. So, yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, I think a trend is very interesting. We'll see how it plays out on the field. But, you know, it, it has to make you look, you know, and start looking in their direction this year.
1: And one more thing. I'm going to put Alabama's graphic back up on the screen if you're watching along with us on the Bulldog Illustrated YouTube channel. Alabama had a number one, a number five, a number one, and a number two. It's ridiculous. Georgia had a number one. A number two, a number one, and a number five—the same exact rankings. Jeremy and, and Georgia's is currently
0: ranked number one in twenty twenty two as well.
1: It's uh, the the amount, the level of recruiting. There's never been this level of recruiting in the Georgia program, and and the Mark Rick, era, Mark Rick was was bringing in fine talent. Of course, guys like Noshaw Sean Marino, Matt Stafford, all that kind of stuff. Back in his day, Aaron Murray was highly uh, highly coveted but those classes were topping out at number nine number eight maybe as high as six sometimes dropping down to 11 or 12 georgia is consistently above the top five and the only reason they were number five this year is because they only had 20 spots in that or in that 2021 class this past class was because they only had 20 spots to fill um but you can see some of those guys right there nylan green Brock bowers or marius mims Chaz Chambliss, Donnie Mitchell, Smil, Smile Mondon, I, those are the ones I put on the graphic because I feel like those are the ones that have a chance of making an impact this season, this fall. Mm-hmm. But when when I look at this trend, Jeremy, I just see that, you know, there's nobody that's recruiting at the same level as the University of Georgia other than Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it seems like these two teams, because of the pure talent level alone and then, of course, the addition – through the transfer portal of J.T. Daniels, who has a plethora plethora of receiver talent. Even if George Pickens uh, isn't back, or maybe even doesn't, maybe does come back mid-year or towards the end of the year, something like that. Even without George Pickens there, there's a plethora of receiving talent, tight end talent. Now the quarterback's in place, and this roster is because of how it's been built through recruiting is as talented as anybody now. It's really the onus is on that 2018 class, in my opinion, to see if they can get Georgia over the hump, probably against Alabama in the SEC championship.
0: Absolutely. You would think they're on a a, uh, collision course. So, you know, and these guys, a lot of these guys were on the field, or I guess would they have been on the field, or a lot of them would have been early enrollees or at least been there at the game, you know, when Alabama beat Georgia in the national championship. So, you know, you think they'd have some,
1: you know, you know, Oh yeah, they were uh, all they were all early enrollees that first time, and then they were on the team last all, year on the team when they lost in that that uh, SEC championship. the The next year they would have been they would have been Fresh. freshmen that year. So uh, Kyrus Jackson, I think, was one of the. I don't even I've actually even left him uh, off the list here just because mm-hmm. there's so many to put on there. But uh, he was in that 2018 class, and you know. He's he's a guy that's really a leader for this University of uh, Georgia football team this year. So you can just see what recruiting and at the level that Georgia recruits does. I know people are going to knock and say, "Well, Kirby doesn't develop." Guys, I talked to uh, Josh Pate, the twenty four seven Sports national director of video, uh, on a bonus episode. Not this this week. You can catch it in the archives wherever we you catch our podcast at. He he said, you know, if you really press somebody on that, what does that mean, really and truthfully? The only program that has developed players better than the University of Georgia has been Alabama, and that's Alabama. been that's been under the greatest of all time to do it, Nick Saban. Who now I, I was listening to another podcast, not even related to uh, football, Jeremy, and it was actually something where this guy was just from the state of Alabama, and they were like, "Hey, who's better, uh, Nick Saban or Bear Bryant?" And he said. He said it hurts me to say this, but Nick Saban is, <laughs> you know, because oh, yeah. <laughs> the team. But but now I think it's pretty much consensus that Saban's the best to do it, whether uh, people love him or hate him, whatever. Uh, you know, pretty much if you're outside the the city of Tuscaloosa, you're probably in the in the latter there. <laughs> but I think that it's undeniable that how good of a coach and a motivator and things like that he is, and uh, players in Alabama love love playing for him, love competing, and I think Kirby Smart is honestly done a fine job of building this program to be close to the same way.
0: Absolutely. I mean mean, when when you're in the conversation every year when the year starts I mean I think you've done something right. I mean now expecting to beat Alabama every year if that's the standard like you're talking about like you said that's what we're seeing from Alabama may be never replicated again. I don't think it's been done before so I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think it's when, when you compare, I don't think it's fair. Like people, like you were saying, you know, saying, oh, Kirby Smart doesn't, re- you know, he recruits well, but he doesn't necessarily develop well. I don't think that's true because if you're comparing it to Alabama, I mean, I don't really know that you'll find anyone else that's done it that well. So.
1: 100%. And, and one day somebody, one of one of Nick Saban's assistants is going to finally beat him before he retires, you would think. But we'll we'll see what happens on that front. But. That's our show for today, guys. We're talking about this trend of that just so happens to be. I mean, this is just something I stumbled across. But four classes from the year that a team has won the national championship for each of the last national champions, they've signed their biggest class, which was also their most highly rated. And that's exactly what's happened. If if you count back four classes for this year's Georgia football team, that's exactly what happened with that historic first ever number one class for Kirby Smart, so now the question remains: Can they get it done? It starts September fourth against uh, Clemson, and then hopefully, you know, we'll we'll be able to see that collision courts matchup. I'd like to see Alabama and Georgia face off once again in that SC title game.
0: As, as as Georgia, do you do you want it to be anyone else?
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, that twenty seventeen year where they ended up playing Auburn when everybody thought it was going to be uh, mm-hmm. Alabama and Auburn pulled off their magic. And then, of course, they end up playing uh, Alabama in the national championship year that uh, anyways, which we can talk about the, the Alabama bias and the fact they even got in the playoffs that year uh, in 2017 anyways. But, um, you know, a lot of exciting stuff laying out ahead, but I thought this trend was worth catching. Guys, follow us, like, subscribe. Uh, at podcast rbu is the Twitter handle for the show. You see my, uh, if you're on YouTube, at bgilmer18 is my Twitter handle, at Johnson is Jeremy's. He's a contributor at OnlineAthens.com, the Athens Banner Herald. I'm with Bulldog Illustrated, B-U-L-L-D-A-W-G-Illustrated.com. Guys, thank you so much. Subscribe, and we'll catch you next week for Episode 9 of the RBU Podcast. Life is a highway.